I'm Tefria Jemian. And I'm Hannah Bailey. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club, and you're invited. Yeah! So just before we get started, thanks to everybody who's been uh, giving us feedback, leaving us reviews um, over the past, I guess, about four months that we've been doing this. We're, mm-hmm. um, this is episode 17, so we feel like we've mm. kind of started to feel things out, get a sense of who we are. One of the biggest bits of feedback we've gotten from you, our listeners, is that some of you really want a little more structure in the format of the episodes mm-hmm. and have liked things like the SmackDown episodes where we have a really clear structure and categories we're moving mm-hmm. through. So today we're going to try, we do always work from an outline and today we're going to try to make that outline a little more explicit and give mm-hmm. you a little bit more of the structure that we're working from. If you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. We're just trying this out. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. On that note, we'll move right into what we're talking about this week. So this week we are reading the novel that the new Netflix film To All the Boys I've Loved Before is based off of. So it's a book about a young Korean-American girl named Lara Jean. Uh, So Lara Jean is a bit of a a bit of a fantasizer and a bit of a watcher. And so she has written, she has written five love letters to, to boys that she has crushes, has had crushes on throughout her life. And uh, these letters get mailed to the boys without her consent. And uh, hijinks happen. And then there's a fake relationship plot. And, uh, and it's a fun time. And so we read it and we're going to talk about it. This one was uh, was fun for me because usually I am absolutely draconian about not watching movies before I read books. Interesting. Okay. I, I usually have like a hard and fast rule that if there is a movie based on a book, I will not watch it until mm-hmm. I have read the book. Okay. With this one, I did not do that because mm-hmm. it was on Netflix and everybody was tweeting about it mm-hmm. and I was sleepy and I wanted to watch a rom-com yeah so I watched the movie before I read the book yeah I feel like I used to be more like that I Mm. used to be extremely like I will I will always read the book first and like within the last couple years I've gotten a lot more lax about that okay and this one actually I don't I think when I watched it, I don't know if I knew the... No, I did know there was a book based on it. I lie. Yeah, so I, I watched I watched the movie first, and and then I was immediately like, I, I want yeah. to read the book now. Yeah, I have nothing like the excuse of not knowing there was a book, because uh, there's a friend of mine from high school who has been obsessed with Jenny Han and has been okay. posting about Jenny Han's books and like oh, that's cool. was super, super, super excited about the movies. Uh, so mm-hmm. shout out Eunice, who like I was onto this before anybody else was, but I still didn't didn't read the book and before I watched yeah. the movie, yeah. I part of the reason I didn't read this book beforehand is I actually had been aware of the book and like had kind of looked at it and been like, ah, I don't know if I want to read this. Okay. And then people were like really hyped about the about the movie. So I was like, okay, I'll watch the movie and if it's as good as people say it is, I'll read the book. Right. So um, what did you think? Clearly you read the book. Yeah, so I this was actually very interesting in that I I had kind of like a, a layered reaction. So I, I really enjoyed the movie. And then I read the... Well, I actually listened to the audiobook. And the first time through, I like actually liked it less than the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I liked what they did in the movie with 
such and such and such and such and such and such. And then I like, I sort of skim read it a second time and thought about it a bit more. And then I was like, oh, okay, like, I feel like those things that I identified as liking more, but the movie also made it less, like, complex and interesting as the book is. Like, the book is a lot more... Like, it's less black and white than the movie is. There's more going on also. Yeah, there's also, yeah, there's also a lot more going on. Yeah, so I liked, I liked them both for different reasons. So I think just for for you listening at home, what this means is that this episode is going to be a lot more influenced by a movie version of a book and how adaptation works. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because... For both of us, I think when we've talked about it, the things we've been interested in talking about have been like, how does this compare? Yeah. Um, so this is going to be... Interested in looking at the adaptation. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a little bit of a movie versus book comparison, but we'll also try to keep it true to the uh, the, to the book. reviewing a book yes. uh, format that we yes. have here. Let's move right in to, to... Uh, talking about To All the Boys I've Loved Before. We're going to start by talking about just sort of general... Feelings, general plot summary. What are our mm-hmm. big feelings here? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I the the other thing that I've been thinking about that's like a general reaction is um, I watched I think a really interesting little interview with Lana Condor who plays Lara Jean in the yeah. movie talking about how she was so excited about this role in this book and this movie because you never see just like a just like a fun rom-com with an Asian American lead. Right. Um, like that's not something you get. And that was very interesting to me because it, it reflects a lot similar feelings that I have about like rom-coms with queer leads. And so I think my, my initial reaction when I was reading this book is like, this book has a lot less like big things going on than a lot of the other stuff that we've read. But like, that's also part of the thing that's great about it. Yeah. It's just a fun rom-com. And yeah, so I think I think that's cool. Yeah, that's certainly a feeling I had. I found that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I love the books we have read this year. Oh, uh, yeah. But we have read a lot of really heavy books we that, have. that deal with really important and complex oh, absolutely. themes that it's really important that there is lit addressing these. Yeah. It was kind of fun to just read a book. That it was. was just a story. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects you differently for sure. Yeah. It's not going to be like an experience in the way that the Astonishing Color of After is, you no. know, where it's like moves you profoundly. But there's mm-hmm. something really nice about that there's something lovely about that lovely to read a um just like a fun rom-com that is a little Mm -hmm. bit more aware because most fun team rom-coms tend to be like very white and like minorly problematic Uh in a few other ways Uh um so that 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 was nice too like to be fair to all, all the boys i've loved before the book is everybody is white except for lara jean that's true um yeah except for her and her family that's true yeah but Yes, it is nice. And that's, I mm -hmm. mean, that's something we've talked about. You were talking about queer characters. We've talked about wishing that um, there was more queer books that are about, that are not about coming out stories. Yes. And I imagine that there's something very nice uh, about reading a book about, with an Asian American protagonist that is not about her being Asian American or about her being mixed race. Exactly. Uh, It is just about. It's just a love her, story. Yeah. And incidentally, her mom was Korean. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and it reminds me, it reminds me of something I read and I wish I remembered what the link was or whatever, um, about how we need to like stop expecting authors of colors to authors of color to always write 
really important books. Right. Um, yeah. Because white authors are allowed to write everything from pulp romance to like capital L literature. Yeah. Um, whereas we, I think we culturally have an expectation that authors of color only write capital L literature. Yes. And so, so it's important to have books like this. Yeah. And it's important mm-hmm. also because like not everybody wants to read capital L literature yeah. all the time, especially mm-hmm. with teenagers, like, yeah. like who, who a lot of the time, if you're, it's not fair to expect a, Korean American teenager to only want to read books that are about the Korean American experience. Yeah. It's also not fair to say to that reader uh, if you want to read books that aren't about the Korean American experience um, you can read books about white people. Yeah you can't have <laughs> like, that are like you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so that's I mean yeah. that's that is really fun. That's one of the nice things about Jenny mm-hmm. Han's um, writing. Yeah. I found with this book uh, that I was very aware of the fact that there are sequels. Mm. And I really want to read the sequels. Yeah. Because I I felt on reading this, uh, and I'll get more into why when we start mm-hmm. talking about characters, but I, I felt on reading this very much like this is the first chapter of a saga. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to reading the subsequent chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something for people who have, who have maybe watched the movie and not read the book. That kind of comes through in the movie, too. Sometimes you yeah. kind of feel like... What about all these other letters? What about all these other characters? Mm-hmm. You get a little bit more of it in the book, mm-hmm. but it still feels very much like this is the beginning of the like story. This. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that feeling so much, but I can see okay. where that comes from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to talking about characters? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's get into characters. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about Peter Kavinsky. Um, you and and everybody and on Twitter everybody. and um, everybody I know wants to talk about Peter Kavinsky. So. I mean, like I shamelessly find I don't even like boys that much, right? And I shamelessly find movie Peter Kavinsky very charming. Okay, I will I will like caveat it with saying like this was very much a movie that I did that thing that there was like an Onion article about, which is like a girl takes a two hour break from being feminist to enjoy media content. Okay, um, like I was I wasn't thinking hard about it. It is right. what I'm what I'm saying. Um, I was just like, mm-hmm. he, he's charming. Um, I mean, like on that note, one of the things I enjoyed about it was mm-hmm. that I never felt like I had to suspend any no. any like large moral convictions to watch the movie. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I I think I just mean like I was I was not thinking very critically right. about my attraction to Peter Kaminsky. That's okay. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to just be attracted to somebody. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but no, so the, the thing that I found really interesting was that um, I liked book Peter a lot less than I liked movie Peter. Okay. And I think that that, I think that, that partially comes from the way he's portrayed. I think he's portrayed more sympathetically in the movie. But also, I listened to the book on audiobook and the narrator gives him like a really douchey voice. Uh-huh. Uh, which I think also really colored my like perception of Book Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was tricky. Yeah. Um, honestly, one of the the reasons that I feel very strongly like this is the first chapter in the series mm-hmm. is that I feel like Peter is just unsympathetic. I didn't yeah. like Peter in the movie. Okay. I didn't like Peter in the book. Mm-hmm. I I think I mean he's cute in yeah. the movie in a way, but like. Mm-hmm. I, he just doesn't move me. It's um, to be fair, I also didn't find Josh sympathetic, and I find Josh much less sympathetic in the book than yeah, in the movie. I, I liked Josh 
I, I didn't love Josh in the movie and I also did not love him yeah. in the book. Well, and I think, I mean, I think it, it, it was nice for me to read Josh in the book and be mm-hmm. like, oh, he wasn't supposed to be sympathetic. No, he's, he's not supposed he's, to be the love interest. He's, well, he's also just like not a very nice guy. No. And that's pretty clear. Yeah. He's quite controlling in the book. I think what's very interesting with mm-hmm. these male characters being not super sympathetic mm-hmm. is that it makes the book much more about Lara Jean. Yes, and I do it like that. Makes the book much more about family. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt this very strongly in the movie. I maybe felt it a little less strongly mm-hmm. in the book, but very strongly that this was a story about Lara Jean and her family. Yes. Yes, um, I do like that a lot. And um, the boys are secondary characters. Yeah, I, I like yeah, I like that a lot and I think that comes through more in the book that I think the movie is more is more simply a love story mm-hmm. whereas the book is it's a lot about Lara Jean kind of like figuring out how to live the life that she wants to live and like how to like take chances mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing and, and about navigating the relationships that she has and is it yeah. about Lara Jean taking chances though could we say that um I mean I think I think towards the end you can okay what are what are the chances like for you what are the like major like shifts in her character well I think like when when at the end she uh she decides to like not just let it drop and go talk to Peter okay I think that's because I think that that's not something that Lara Jean at the beginning of the book would have done. Maybe. She does talk to Josh finally about the letter. I mean, she she definitely has an avoidant personality. Yes, she talks to Josh about the letter, but not in a I still like you kind of way. Right. I think the like being like, yes, I have feelings for you and I want this to be a thing is not something that Lara Jean at the beginning of the book would have done. Okay. Okay, I get um, that. Yeah. I think one of the things I, I admire mm-hmm. about Lara Jean's character, and I'm really glad that it doesn't get uh, compromised at all, mm-hmm. is that even though she's interested in Josh, and she admittedly mm-hmm. still is, um, her loyalty to and love for her sister is, is too strong Yes, for her to pursue that at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And um, I really like that. And mm-hmm. I especially like that because clearly Margot just has a better idea of who Josh is yes. than Lara Jean yes. does. And, and Margot is very much like, okay, this was like a fun boyfriend for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I do. I do like yeah. that a lot about her is that she has, she has like a pretty strong like compass. Yeah. And I think it expands the idea of what a love story is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, like... <sighs> We've talked about in the past with different couples being like, okay, mm-hmm. this couple, like yeah. I can believe in them for a semester. Mm-hmm. I can, and yeah. and occasionally we hit on a couple that we're like, oh, they're gonna last. Yeah, I think I think only only um, Axel and Lee. Yeah, I believe in Lara Jean and Peter Kavinsky. Mm, maybe till spring break. Yeah, no, I agree with that absolutely. <laughs> and and I just like maybe like the main the main issue that I have mm-hmm. with this book actually which I f- I have trouble even calling it an issue because on the one hand I find it a lot more believable as a teen romance than most yes. of the teen romances that I read I mean that's part of the great thing about it yeah but um I feel like there is no romantic development 
There is no development of feelings. Yeah, there's much less in the book than there is in the movie. I think the movie does a better job yes. of showing the romantic development. Yeah. Part um, of that is that Lara Condor and... Uh, no, not Lara. Come on. What's her Lana name? Lana Condor. Condor. And... Um, Noah something or other. Noah Centino? Yeah, yeah. Have incredible on-screen chemistry. They have very good chemistry. Which helps a lot. Um, Maybe Um, that's just why I find him charming. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Well, you're allowed to find him charming even if I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I rarely Uh, find like... uh, Like pretty boys? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. The clean cut pretty boy thing doesn't do it much for me. I do... I, it does um, it does do something for me so that, right. that's probably part of it yeah so it's just yeah. like physically it's like well you're a boring clean like, cat pretty boy yeah like you're a lacrosse jock I like mm-hmm. had some crushes on those in high school mm-hmm. <laughs> see those didn't exist in my school in yeah, high school exactly. so maybe I'm like just like 10 years late <laughs> but yeah I just yeah. found that the the I both found the romance extremely believable mm-hmm. because I think it is exactly high how high school romances work yeah uh, and, oh, you know, maybe this is transforming from something that I thought fell flat to something that I love but also find kind of subversive. It's just like they spend a lot of time together pretending to be a couple mm-hmm. and it starts to feel normal. Yeah. And so they start dating. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like they start spending time together and discover that they're deeply compatible. And yeah, that's true. It's just they just like get used to each other. And this makes a lot of sense <laughs> for me, especially with it being Lara Jean's first boyfriend. Yes, um, that it's mm-hmm. and like honestly, like that's that's a pretty okay way to have a high school boyfriend. Oh yeah, be like you're somebody who I enjoy spending time with. Mm-hmm. Like putting my face on your face. Yeah, you know, but but. Like, yeah, I'm still going to prioritize my family and my friends because mm-hmm. those are just more important right now. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's probably really like bolstered by Lara mm-hmm. Jean's family being so close. Yeah. And by Lara Jean feeling such a responsibility mm-hmm. for her family. Yeah. Uh, speaking of her family, can we talk about her family for Absolutely. a Absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that was initially something that I liked less about the book and then thought about it more and was like, no, this is way better, is I love how believable her family is. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the movie, they're very close, but they're like almost unreasonably sweet to one another. Yeah. Lara Jean does try to kill Kitty when she finds out that she mailed her letters. I mean, like, she says she's trying to kill her, but she's really just going to, like, put her in a headlock for a minute. Well, Uh. maybe. Maybe. I have sisters. (laughs) I was going to say I didn't find her anger, like, super. I didn't find that to be a murderous rage that she was portraying. Okay. But I also don't have sisters. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, um... Like, in the book, they clearly all love and care about each other a huge amount. But they're also, like, there's a lot more, like, like little pettinesses and, like, things like that that are, make make it seem more, more, like, fully fleshed out. I guess so. I'm having trouble remembering specifics right now. But I well, did feel like the little pettinesses were there in the movie as well. In a, I think the the biggest thing for me is that in the movie... Um, the letters come out because Kitty is, like, worried about how sheltered Lara Jean is and how she doesn't have a social life. Right. And so, like, mails them out, like, trying to do a good thing. Right. And in the book, Kitty mails them out in a fit of spite. Yes. Which is exactly what happens. 
just just as the youngest sister. Yeah. That is that is how that happens. Oh yeah. So yeah. so I at first I was like, oh, it was so sweet in the movie, and then I was like, no, but this is way more realistic. I mean, I wouldn't say it's still sweet in the movie. And I did feel I mean, like a little bit like that was Kitty being like, ma'am, I have a reason for this. Like <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. I love Kitty. I yes. love Kitty in the movie, like and I love her even more in the yes, book. I like Kitty a lot. I love that she is making a collage of acceptable dogs <laughs> through the entire book. Yes, what Kitty wonderful. is working on is a collage of the dog breeds that her father may buy her for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I love her. Uh, yeah, she's great. I like Kitty. Yeah. And um and I love Lara Jean's dad. Yes. In both the book and the movie. Yes. Very yeah, much. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. I like Margot a little bit more in the book. Okay. I think I just like didn't wasn't feeling the actress. She's more of a character in the book also. She is she is more of a character. Like, Lara Jean hasn't just stopped contacting her completely mm-hmm. in the book as she yeah. is in the movie, so you get a little bit more of that. I found her more believable as an older sister in the book. Mm-hmm. But I think I felt pretty like emo- on an emotional level, I felt similar about both the characters. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I did like, and I don't totally understand why this mm-hmm. didn't get touched on in the movie because it's like a very simple clarifying point. Mm-hmm. I like that Lara Jean clarifies that she and Margot like used to fight as much as any other set yes. of sisters. And then when their mom died, they were like, okay, we need to like pull we, together for We Katie. can't do this anymore. Yeah. That's very believable to me. Yeah. Um, much more than, mm-hmm. than... Than they've always just had this perfect... Yeah, exactly. ...relationship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, as somebody with a, a multitude of sisters, like I... Sister relationships are very, very different, and there are genuinely sisters who get along like that, mm-hmm. and there are genuinely sisters who don't. Um, and yeah. I, I have both in my family. <laughs> Within your family. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I also just sort of touching on that. I really like in the in the book how they they flesh out um, everything with their mom a lot more. Yes, I both appreciated the not talking about how their mom died in the movie, mm-hmm. and knowing in the book. Like, yeah, I appreciated both. Yeah, both 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 were um, good. I like the choice of having mm-hmm. a parent who has died without any great like exploration into how that happened. Yeah. And because it feels matter of fact. Yeah. It feels just kind of like, yep, this is part of our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and again, puts the focus on the like family relationship as, as it mm-hmm. exists, which I liked. Um, yeah. I do feel like in a movie you have the danger of it becoming too flashback and too sentimental. And yes. Like, like Lara Jean has memories of her mother in the book that I think if they'd been put in as flashbacks in the movie, it really would have changed the emotional tone. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I don't I don't think the movie suffers for it, but I mm-hmm. liked the I liked seeing Yeah more more of it in the book yeah um, yeah for sure in more of that explanation exploration like you said of how the dynamic of the sisters changed and yeah 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 i'm really curious i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to reading the sequels and seeing mm-hmm. just like as a final note on character and seeing if mm-hmm. i'm right that peter kavinsky is just like not that great just a transitory yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if it's gonna be like yeah he was my first boyfriend that was cool yeah yeah <laughs> um, should we move along yeah, to talking about themes let's talk about themes what did you what do you what are your feelings i yeah yeah i like i mean i think we touched on this 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 book 
has like less of an agenda than some of the books. Well, agenda is the wrong word, but um, it's not a. It doesn't have a moral. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. a moral. I mean, I think one of the big themes is just like family. Yeah. Uh, and and I think I mean I I will I will maintain that I think that there is. A theme of kind of, uh, you know, like be- being brave and putting yourself out sure. there. Um, sure. I mean, I that resonates a lot with me okay. because I am terrible at ever telling people how I feel about them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, romantically. I tell my friends that I love them all the time. Yeah. But... <laughs> So that resonated with me and I liked, I liked yeah. that. Yeah, I like that also in the book. Um, that mm-hmm. happens. She writes a letter to Peter at the end of the book is how that happens. Yes. You don't see them having a final big romantic kiss. You yeah, it's true. You don't see them making up. Just, the book ends with her making that decision. Yes. Um. So yeah, so but, in that sense, yeah, I do see and, it. And it centers, yeah. I like I like that about the book that it centers her a lot more. Yeah. Uh, like the book is much more about her story as opposed to like the love story, which I think is, is telling in that that's how it ends. Yes. Is her writing the letter as opposed to how the movie ends with the with the big kiss scene. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean it would have it would have been an unsatisfying end for them for a movie, so I understand why yes. they why they changed that. Um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well uh, what I was saying before is just mm-hmm. that actually with the ending being centered on her choice. Mm-hmm. That that I think convinces me that there's some character development there and that <laughs> that it is about how Lara is changing. Mm-hmm. Um ultimately though, mm-hmm. still think it's a shitty thing her sister did. Oh, Still yeah. think like Peter Kavinsky wasn't worth all of that angst. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's partially why the book is better because the movie is trying to frame it like it was a good thing that yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, whereas in the book, it's like, no, th- this was supposed to be a bad thing. Yeah. And yeah. it was largely a bad thing. This was mean and made a lot of people very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, um, like, this was done out of spite. It was supposed yeah. to hurt her. Yeah. And it did. It hurt her. It hurt Margot. Yeah. Um, in, in a pretty big way. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are just feelings that shouldn't have been opened up no and uh and i feel like i mean i know we're not in the characters section anymore yeah. but um it, it leads josh to kind of transfer his feelings of loss and yeah. rejection into onto, onto lara jean in a really inappropriate and unkind way yes um yeah, yeah it's i mean it, it is mm-hmm. a tough and unpleasant thing yeah um and like again, I'm really eager to read the sequels <laughs> and, yeah. and see if I'm like yeah. see if I'm right that that Peters maybe doesn't have staying power. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I just I'm I'm thinking about like when a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. Nina Herms, shout out mm-hmm. Nina, who's been just tweeting about Peter Kavinsky for like two weeks, yes. and I'm imagining her listening to this episode and just like getting less and less and less impressed with me throughout. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody who's a Peter Kavinsky fan. Like, I, I, uh, I tried, man. But yeah. Like, but again, I mean, I, I think I felt similarly to you about Book Peter. Yeah. I really liked Movie Peter. Yeah. But Book Peter was much less winning for yeah. me. Uh, well, it, Peter. I mean, Movie Peter is charming and has yes. and has like a big cute smile and, um, he's also more he's, like. He's sweeter and more, like, emotionally vulnerable with Lara Jean in the movie. I mean, I think they have the same conversations in the book. 
I think do it's they? just the chemistry between them Maybe. that really like because they do talk about his absent dad and and her absent mom okay. and yeah. you know you do meet his little brother and you do meet right. his mom and mm-hmm. he does help make cupcakes and like yeah yeah maybe it's yeah. just the chemistry yeah. and and the and the douchey voice that my audiobook narrator used yeah uh, it was like a very broy voice and it just like turned me right off right uh. I do want to reiterate that I really like having a teen romance that is very teen. Yes. It's I, very believable. I read this and mm-hmm. it's like, yes. Like, this is what when I talk to the teenagers in my life mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, my God, this guy is so great. Our relationship is so, so, so great. Everything is mm-hmm. so great. Like, this is what they're telling me. It's like, yeah. Yeah. We spend time together and sometimes we have fun and we have waffles and it's this thing we do that's super special because nobody else has ever shared a waffle. <laughs> and like, yeah. at first I was yeah. like, no, we're not going to kiss, but then we kissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, just absolutely. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, yeah. this is how it works when you're 16. Yeah. Like, I get this. Mm-hmm. And it's much more believable to me than like, mm-hmm. and then we fell in the love of our life and we were together forever. It's like, that doesn't happen when you're 16. No. But no. like flirty, fluffy, enjoyable relationships happen when you're 16. Yeah. And ultimately, that's what this book is. Mm-hmm. It is fun. I mean, just like the movie. It's like, it's a fun way to spend a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have some snacks. Yeah. Get swept up in the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get your heart ripped out and stomped on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't have to, like, think about real hard stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's yeah. nice to, to have those breaks once in a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I almost said to all the boys I've loved before by Lara Jean. <laughs> That's not who it's by. It's by Jenny Han. Jenny Han, uh, yeah. Jenny Han, thank you for this real fun book. <laughs> mm-hmm, we enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to go read all the sequels. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that too. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at yapodcast and individually at tefferbear and at thebalesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, uh, you can consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon is a cool platform where you can support us uh, on an ongoing basis to help keep the show running. Uh, we've got lots of cool perks, like including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Uh, head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and by sharing this episode f- with a friend. Also, sharing this episode on Twitter, joining our conversation on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you feel about Peter Kavinsky on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are we are pretty active on Twitter. <laughs> we are, yes. Yeah. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Candace Pye, and I'm the host of Gal Chat, a weekly podcast where we give you our feminist takes on everything from sex and dating to politics and pop culture. It's a show that updates you on controversial headlines, dives into the latest movies and TV, and discusses things like Tinder troubles and Me Too struggles. I put out a new show every Tuesday with special guests, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, rate, review, and follow us on social media at Gal Chat Pod. 
I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore, on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom.